0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crunchy Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Rod. I'm a crunchy mother of two little boys, and we live in the beautiful state of Colorado. I run a Facebook community group of over 8,000 moms, empowering them to reclaim motherhood and take their next steps towards holistic health. Let's get started. Hey, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So last week, I talked about fevers, and if you missed it, you should definitely go back and listen to it because I think it was pretty good. But this week, I'm kind of going to go into it's kind of the same realm of things um, about what to do when your little one's sick or yourself. Um, And I'm going to talk about vitamin C. So, if you have ever posted in our Crunchy Motherhood group or you've sent me a text or a message on Facebook um, asking for advice when you or your kids are sick, you probably already know that I will recommend two things. My first question will be Are you using your oils? And the second one will be, how much vitamin C are you taking? (laughs) So I wanted to hop on here and tell you about vitamin C because when I learned all of this stuff, it was completely mind-blowing to me. I knew none of this like a year ago. And um, so I thought I'd come and share it with you guys. So before I jump into why to take it, how to take it, how it works, all of that stuff. First, we need to talk about what kind to take. Um, so there's a lot of different kinds of vitamin C that you can find on a shelf. Um, you can find like emergency packets, which advertise themselves as being like super convenient. Um, you can find gummies, you can find chewable tablets. Um, and then when you look at the ingredients list, you can find there's a sorbic acid, there's sodium acerbate, there's liposomal. Um, you can even get IV vitamin C. And so there's a lot of different options. So I kind of wanted to break it down, um, so that you can kind of see where each one has its place. So starting with vitamin C in general, vitamin C and sugar compete each other in the cells of your body. And so when you're sick and you go to take your emergency packet that's full of a bunch of sugar, you're really not going to be absorbing the optimal amounts of the vitamin C in that packet or in the gummies or in the chewables, whatever it is you're taking, because your body's going to prioritize prioritize absorbing the sugar over absorbing the vitamin C. Um, So I really don't recommend any of those. Um, The chewable tablets, if they're not containing sugar, might be okay. Um, Just check the other ingredients. But like the emergency packets, gummies they all have sugar in it and it's really just canceling out the effects of the vitamin c and i'll talk about it a little later but they also are not really high enough doses to really be doing anything therapeutic for your body um ascorbic acid is my favorite just because it's the simplest um it's really really sour and it's in a powder form and so i mix it with water and just take it kind of as a shot for my kids um i'll mix it with some applesauce or in a pouch Or sometimes Jacob will just like dip his fingers in the sour powder because he's nuts. Um, And then sodium acerbate is basically just ascorbic acid and baking soda. And it's mixed together in like a four to one ratio. And it's a lot easier on the stomach and it's a lot less sour. And so it's easier to get your kids to take it. So if you're familiar with Suzanne Humphreys, a lot of her vitamin C protocols, like her one for pertussis, swooping cough, Um, involves taking sodium acerbate. You can also um, nebulize sodium acerbate or snort it um, and it doesn't burn because it's buffered with that baking soda. And then liposomal, I'll admit that I don't really understand a lot about it because I haven't dug in that much. Um, But I do know that it is absorbed a lot easier in your body, but you can't determine your bowel tolerance with it. And so it's not really a great one to start with. And I'll talk about bowel tolerance in a minute. Um, So those are kind of the types of vitamin C. Like I said, we use um, ascorbic acid. And one concern that some people might have with ascorbic acid is that you might have heard that it's derived from corn. Um, And the kind that I buy, I buy GMO, like non-GMO ascorbic acid. Um, But I don't really know if it actually matters Because whether it's vitamin C that's coming from an orange that you're eating or an apple or corn or GMO corn, whatever it is, um, when you break it down enough, it's still just ascorbic acid. You can't genetically modify ascorbic acid. It's a a chemical compound. And so whether it's derived from GMO corn, non-GMO corn, oranges, whatever it is, it's all the same ascorbic acid when it's when it's concentrated down into the supplement. And so just to make myself feel better, I still take the non-GMO stuff, um, just in case there is a difference. Um, but I'm not really concerned about the fact that my vitamin C is derived from corn. Um, and I missed earlier in the beginning, there is another form of vitamin C that you might find, and it's considered like whole food supplement vitamin C. Um, And that is not actually as readily absorbed as ascorbic acid, like pure ascorbic acid. And so um, a lot of those supplements have very, very low doses of vitamin C and um, your body doesn't absorb it the same. And so they're also really expensive and ascorbic acid is really cheap. So that's kind of why I landed on ascorbic acid and um, how I came about the process of deciding which one was best for my family. When I was getting ready to record this podcast, I texted a screenshot to my friend and I was like, you know, the podcast is going to be great when, um, and it was my DuckDuckGo search of how much does a goat weigh? (laughs) So I figured I kind of needed to explain, um, for Katie's sake, why I needed to know how much a goat weighs. Um, so out of all of the mammals that exist, humans and a few different primates are some of the only ones that don't produce their own vitamin C. Um, And so there's a genetic mutation that we have in our DNA that prevents our body from synthesizing our own vitamin C to utilize for our body. So all of the other animals, thousands and thousands of animals are producing their own vitamin C and then we are not. Um, And so I knew that like goats and cows that produce like an insanely high amount of vitamin C. And so I needed to do the math to figure out how much they were producing and I needed to know how much the average goat weighs. So in case anybody's wondering, the average goat um, weighs like 150 pounds. So doing that calculation, a goat is producing for itself about 14,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day, give or take, depending on how, um, how big they are. But that's an insane amount of vitamin C. And if you're like me how I was a year ago, you're probably like, what? Because when you go to the store and you buy vitamin C supplements, they come in doses of like 500 milligrams, maybe a thousand milligrams. Um, and if you look at the back, it'll say that that's like 100% or over a hundred percent of the daily recommended intake by the FDA. Um, and so it can be kind of confusing, when you see that other animals, all the other mammals are producing these high, high amounts of vitamin C for their own bodies. And then the FDA tells us you only need hundred milligrams a day. Um, and I'm here to tell you that that is, you could survive on a hundred milligrams a day of vitamin C, but your body may not be functioning optimally. And especially when you have some kind of infection or an illness or something going on in your body, maybe you need to detox Um, your body's going to be using more vitamin C. So that means that you need to be providing it with more vitamin C because we don't produce it ourselves. Um, And so I came, I learned about this um, high dosing of vitamin C when I got pregnant with Peter. I was looking into all these different protocols and things like that for diet and supplements during pregnancy. And I came across a Facebook group called Vitamin C Therapy for Pregnancy Birth and Breastfeeding, I think, or something like that. And I joined the group because I was wanting to know, I had a cold and I was wanting to know if it was safe for me to take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C because you can't find anything on the internet. And I was like 10 weeks pregnant and I really wasn't sure because I had heard some rumors that high doses of vitamin C could cause miscarriages. And so I wanted to join this group. I was told that these were the experts. And when I joined, I found out that these women were taking insane amounts of vitamin C. Um, and so I learned about the clenner protocol. So the clenner protocol is taking 5,000 milligrams a day during the first trimester of pregnancy, 10,000 milligrams a day during the second trimester, and then 15,000 milligrams a day during the third trimester. Um, and this supposedly helps the babies grow healthier, um, have more, a stronger immune system when they're born, Um, they oxygenate their blood better and they come out looking pink and healthy. They have higher APGAR scores. And so I was really interested in it. So I did some research. I read through the protocol and the research that Dr. Klenner did, and I felt comfortable going through with it after all of the testimonies in the group and reading the research. Um, and so I followed it my entire pregnancy from that point on with Peter and he was super pink when he was born. My midwife said that she has never really seen a baby that pink before. Um, because and I really think that it had to do with the vitamin C and um, my labor was super quick and that's also something that they attribute to the vitamin C so my labor with Peter I had a lot of prodromal labor leading up to it um, but once I was in like active labor um, my water broke in that morning and then my contractions still didn't really pick up for a few hours and then they started to pick up and he was born an hour later Um, So it went super quick. I didn't tear. So that was the biggest thing um, about the vitamin C protocol. So vitamin C, when you take it in your body, it increases your ability to produce collagen, which allows your skin to stretch and have elasticity. And I tore when I had our first son, Jacob, after birth. And I really was nervous about tearing with Peter. Um, We were having a home birth and I just wanted to have an easy recovery and I didn't tear it all with him, and both boys were the same size. Um, and there were a lot of factors in that. I wasn't, you know, purple pushing. I wasn't coached. I was in the water um, because I had a midwife. And so it was a really different scenario with Peter. Um, but I think all of these things came together, including the vitamin C, to allow me to have a better labor. Anyways, so I did the cleaner protocol during pregnancy. And that was really like my introduction to high dosing vitamin C for myself. Um, And then I started to learn more about high dosing vitamin C for Jacob. And one of the neat things about high dosing vitamin C is that it's going to be different for every single person. Um, And it's going to be different on different days and it can be different during illnesses, during pregnancy. Um, And so one of the ways that you can determine how much vitamin C your body needs is dosing yourself to bowel tolerance. Um, And you might have heard that if you take too much vitamin C, you'll get diarrhea. And that is true, but it's a really, really high amount that you have to take. Um, I've only ever reached true like bowel tolerance um, or even going beyond bowel tolerance and hitting flushing. I've only experienced that a few times and I've taken over like 40,000 milligrams of vitamin C in a day and still not uh, reached the point of flushing. And so I wanted to kind of explain what the two are and kind of what their purposes are. So bowel tolerance, when you're taking vitamin C, your blood levels can only handle a certain amount of vitamin C before they're kind of capped out. And that's what's going to be determined based off of your current health, um, how hydrated you are, whether you're stressed, whether you're pregnant, um, your age, your body size, all of that's going to depend. I mean, all of that's going to influence what your bowel tolerance is going to be. And so one way to determine bowel tolerance is to take a thousand milligrams every 15 minutes until you start to get gassy. Um, And then you take that number and you divide that um, out into smaller doses for a day and so say you do it back to back every 15 minutes and you get up to 15,000 milligrams and then you start to feel rumbling in your stomach that is your bowel tolerance for whatever situation you're in if you're healthy then that's probably going to be around your bowel tolerance in general and so then you can assume that the max amount of vitamin c that your body is going to need in a day is that 15,000 milligrams. So then next time you can split it up over the entire day so that you're not reaching bowel tolerance. Um, You're not getting gassy, you're not feeling bloated from it, um, but you're still maintaining high levels of vitamin C in your blood so that you um, can boost your immune system. It's also a gentle detox. And so it's constantly working to keep your body functioning at its highest um, when you're keeping your vitamin C levels at their highest. Um, when you go beyond bowel tolerance, that's considered flushing. And that's when you get to diarrhea. And a flush can be beneficial. And so a lot of the groups recommend flushing like after birth to get rid of any toxins and excess hormones. Um, if you've been super, super sick, you can flush to try and really like flush out everything um, all of the infection or virus or whatever it is, but you don't want to obviously do a prolonged flush because you're going to get dehydrated. Um, you don't want to flush your children because they could get dehydrated. You don't want to do it if you're breastfeeding or if you're pregnant. And so there's certain times that flushing is appropriate. Um, and certain times that you really probably want to try and avoid it. Um, but it doesn't last long. And it's maybe like, you know, an hour or so of your body flushing. And then you kind of go back to normal because you back off the vitamin C anyways, that's a lot of poop talk going on. Um, so that's how you determine what your max vitamin C dose is. And so my mom, her max vitamin C dose is like 4,000 milligrams. Um, but mine, like I said, I've gotten, usually I can get up to when I'm healthy and not um, dealing with any kind of illness, I can get up to like 20,000 milligrams a day, split up in smaller doses. Um, and if you're buying your supplements in capsules of 500,000 or 500 milligrams or a 1000 milligrams, That's going to be a lot of pills to take. And so that's why I use the ascorbic acid powder. And I can just mix in um, a teaspoon of it, which is 4,000 milligrams. I can mix in a teaspoon with some water, chug it down. And then I can just do that a few times a day versus having to take like 20 to 25 pills a day. That just makes me nauseous thinking about so many pills. So going back to what I was saying about dosing your kids their maximum dosage or optimal dosage is also going to be dependent on their own bowel tolerance. And so you can do the same, um, usually with Jacob, when I'm trying to determine it, I don't do it every 15 minutes just because I want to be a little bit more gentle on his body and give him more time to respond. Um, so I'll do it every 30 minutes. And my favorite way to give it to him is just in some applesauce because it's sweet enough to kind of cut the sour taste. Um, In the beginning, he didn't really like it that much. And so I would mix it in like a full pouch or a full bowl of applesauce. But now I can give him a thousand milligrams on a spoonful of applesauce and he takes it like a champ. Um, So you might have to like ease into it with your kids or you could try starting with the sodium acerbate and that has less of a sour taste. um, And then they might not notice it in their applesauce as much. Um, And so I'll dose him every like 20 or 30 minutes until he starts to get really farty. And then I'll stop and I'll back off and then I'll give him just like a thousand milligrams every few days. Um, And there's a few different times that I will dose him like this. So when he's sick, I try and keep him on vitamin C at his bowel tolerance from the time that he wakes up until he goes to bed at night. So we're giving vitamin C every two hours, keeping those levels high in his body so that it can help him detox and help him fight whatever his body is fighting. Um, Another reason that I might give him high doses of vitamin C is if he's constipated. Um so we I was going to say we all know but maybe some of you guys don't know this. Um stool softeners and laxatives, the body can become dependent on those and actually need them to poop if you use them continuously. And so you really don't want your children to become dependent on a drug to poop. Um another thing to keep in mind is that if your child is having constipation or not pooping every single day, that is not normal. It's not dangerous, but it's not normal. Normal bowel function is one to like three bowel movements a day. Um, And so there's something going on in their body that you need to find the root cause for. So you need to figure out, are they having too much dairy? Do they need more fiber? Are they having some kind of food sensitivities? Um, So getting to the root cause of the constipation is also important. But at the same time, you still have to treat the constipation and you still have to figure out how to help your child. And so vitamin C is a really great, safe, gentle way to help deal with the constipation while you're working on finding the root cause. Um and so I can just give him applesauce and vitamin C, let both of those work. And um usually by the end of the day he's pooped and it wasn't painful. He didn't have to strain and we move on without having any like bathroom trauma from being constipated. Um I nannied a little boy who had chronic constipation when I was um a few years ago before I had kids. And it got to the point where even after his constipation was gone, he was still afraid to go to the bathroom because he remembered how painful it was before. And so I knew that I never wanted Jacob to get to that point. And so as soon as I notice that he hasn't gone in a day or um, maybe he's straining a little bit when he's going, we jump right on the vitamin C to kind of get ahead of it. And then I look back and kind of evaluate what he's eaten in the past few days Um And start doing some other like gentle detox and some tummy dyes and things like that to try and probiotics to try and fix the problem um, while also treating the immediate need. So our youngest, Peter, he is almost seven months old and he has been getting vitamin C since he was about, I think I started when he was about two weeks old, um, and I just dip my finger in the powder and swipe it inside his cheek. Um, at first, he really didn't like it because it's sour, but now he doesn't he doesn't react at all. He just opens his mouth for me. and so he's been getting a dose of vitamin C every single day to try and just help his body gently detox from all of the things that we're exposed to, even though we live in um, basically like a not I'd say a non-toxic home, um, but there's toxins everywhere. there's toxins in our water that might not get filtered out. There's things in the air that come in from outside. Um, there's furniture, off-gassing, things like that. So our home is as low tox as you could possibly get it to be. Um, but he's still being exposed to things even in our home, even when we're out in public. And so I still want him to be having vitamin C every day to boost his immune system, but also to help him detox a little bit, um, from all of the things that he's exposed to. So he's been getting a dose every day since he was born. And when he's sick, I also increase his dose. And so when he was, four or five weeks old he got a cold and he had a really bad cough and he was really really snotty and he would wake up about every hour in the night just needing to have his nose sucked with the nose Frida and rinsed out and we were just all miserable because nobody was sleeping and so I started taking a pinky and dipping it in the powder and putting it in his cheek every time that I, he woke up to nurse I'd give him some vitamin c I'd put on put on some oils suck out his nose nurse him get him back to sleep and when I started doing that his coughing stopped. And so I started giving him a little bit more and then his runny nose stopped. And so that's when I kind of started to realize that I could dose my kids until their symptoms went away. Um, And so I'll do that anytime they get sick. If they have a cold and a runny nose, I'll just keep giving them vitamin C until their nose stops running. Um, And then we'll just continue that. And in the vitamin C Facebook group that I'm in, um, there's a guy that runs it who's like super knowledgeable on vitamin C. And he wrote this book, um, and I don't even remember what it's called. But basically, the page that he always points people to in is um, how much vitamin C do you take for a cough? Just keep taking it until you stop coughing. And so that's kind of like my method of dosing my kids with vitamin C is whatever the symptom is I'm just going to keep giving them vitamin C until it's gone Um, and I do the same with myself so a few weeks ago I had mastitis again um, for the third time and the first time I kind of knew what to do I was still really nervous because I had heard that mastitis could get bad really fast. And so I had gone to urgent care to get antibiotics, but I didn't take them, I was just holding on to them. And I was trying a lot of different things. Um, I was doing oils, I was doing vitamin C, I was taking supplements, I was doing TRS and colloidal silver. I was literally taking everything that I knew to take. And I knocked the mastitis, it went away. And so the next time I got it, I tried like cutting down on a few of the things because it was really exhausting trying to keep up with it all and taking all the supplements, not to mention expensive. And so I tried to cut back on some of the things that I was doing. And so the second time I was only doing vitamin C oils. Um, I was taking grapefruit seed extract and then I was taking some oils internally. And that time I also beat mastitis within 48 hours naturally. And so this time when I got it, I was like, all right, Now that I'm continuing to narrow it down, what really is it that's making the biggest difference? Is it the oils? Is it the grapefruit seed extract? Is it the vitamin C? Um, Can we, you know, simplify this a little bit? And so I started with just taking the oils internally and taking the vitamin C after my fever spiked. And within like four or five hours, my fever went away. And so I stopped taking the vitamin C and I tried just taking the oils and my fever came back. Um, it wasn't as high as before, but it came back. And so I started back with the vitamin C and my fever went away. Um, and so then I stopped everything and I was just taking vitamin C to bowel tolerance. And I was doing it 24-7. So I would wake up in the morning and I would take 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C. And then I set an alarm for every single hour and I'd take another 2,000 milligrams every hour of the day. Every time Peter woke up in the night, I was taking vitamin C. I took so much of it. And my mastitis was gone. And so after seeing it time and time again with my kids and seeing you know, how it went when I took it during pregnancy and then beating mastitis three times and realizing that the vitamin C was really the key component to killing the infection in my body, I am obviously a huge advocate for always upping your vitamin C no matter what you have going on in your body. So now that I've kind of talked about our experience with vitamin C and the research that I've done and evidence that I've seen, I wanted to go into some of the myths and misconceptions that I had heard, and maybe you have heard some of them as well, um, so that you guys can kind of navigate that. So the first one is that there's this idea that if you take too many vitamins, you're just going to be peeing them out. And yes, that is true. That is how the body is designed to work, to filter out things that you don't need, Um, So the way that vitamin C works in your body is that you absorb the vitamin C and then you have the highest optimal levels in your bloodstream and then your body will filter it out and you will pee it out. And so that's why it's important to take smaller doses throughout the day so that as your body is filtering out the vitamin C that you're not using, you're replenishing it with more so that when you come in contact with some kind of pathogen or an infection or maybe some kind of toxin that your body needs to detox, your body is already prepared with high levels of vitamin C to handle what it needs to handle. So yes, you are going to be peeing out vitamin C. If you pee on one of those little urine sticks, it's going to show high levels of vitamin C in your urine. That just means that your body is working really well. The other one is that taking high doses of vitamin C can induce a miscarriage. Um, And this kind of freaked me out when I was first looking into the cleaner protocol because I had heard that multiple times before that you weren't supposed to take high doses of vitamin C during pregnancy. Um, And at the time, I didn't know what high doses were. And so I was assuming we were talking about like a thousand milligrams. Um, And so I did some research and I dug into where that belief came from. And there was a study that was done where... They basically concluded in this small study that high doses of vitamin C could induce a period, and um, they concluded that it could be used to induce a miscarriage. And what that study failed to do was test these women for pregnancy. So all of the women in the study, their periods were late, and they just assumed that that meant pregnancy, and then they dosed them with high dose vitamin C and then their period came. And so they concluded that high dose vitamin C can induce a miscarriage. Um, when really those women might not have been pregnant, it's possible that they were having some hormone issues and vitamin C helped their body realign, get rid of some of the excess hormones and, start cycling normally again. Um, it's also possible that they had some endocrine disruptors floating around in their body that were affecting their period and the vitamin C detox. that. Um, it's possible they were sick and the vitamin C influenced that. So there's a lot of different possibilities of what was really going on in the study. And it was done really poorly, obviously. And then the idea just kind of took off. And Dr. Klenner, in his study and in his his OB practice, he didn't have a single woman miscarry while doing the protocol. Um, and so that's just something to keep in mind is when you're reading these stories and these cautions, um, definitely look into them. Um, I'm not saying to completely ignore anything negative that you hear about vitamin C, um, but make sure that you know where the information is coming from. Um, don't just believe a meme that you see on Facebook. Um, don't even just believe me. Go look up the cleaner Protocol Um, join these Facebook groups, see the research so that you can make informed choices. Um, that's what I want this podcast to be about. I want it to be me sharing the information that I have learned um, so that you can be empowered to do some more research for yourself and kind of understand it on a deeper level than what I can tell you in 20 or 30 minutes. Um, but make sure that you are verifying the information that you're finding. Um, because you might just find that it was a really poorly done study and now millions and millions of women are afraid to take vitamin C during pregnancy um, when it's really actually super beneficial for their bodies to do so. So just like any new supplement or routine, it's going to take some time for you to get used to it. It's going to take time for you to get used to supplementing yourself and your kids with vitamin C every day. It's going to take time to get used to the concept of high dosing and how that works when you're sick. It's going to take time for you and your kids to adjust to the flavor and the taste of the sour sorbic acid. Um, And so just give yourself grace in this. Test it out. Try it. um, And just be patient. But I promise you that you will reap the benefits of introducing vitamin C at any level, um, but specifically utilizing it in high doses um, when your body is really struggling. Now that things are really taking off with this podcast and I'm actually cranking them out to get them to you every week, I would really appreciate it if you guys could share it with the people that you know. So whether that's sharing it in your Instagram stories when you're listening to it or maybe keeping them in mind when your friend texts you that their daughter has a fever and you can send her my fever podcast and hopefully that can give her some peace of mind in the stressful situation. Um, Just keeping these things in mind so that we can get this information into more homes so that more moms can feel empowered and less overwhelmed about supporting their family's health naturally.